Welcome back to another episode of Electric Entertainment. I'm your host, Chris. With me, coming out of the sickbed, is Ryan. Ryan has been down and out, which is why we haven't dropped anything for a couple weeks. So we had to take a, a little bit of a break. You haven't seen much activity on Letterboxd until recently, and we haven't dropped a show for you in a couple weeks. So we're back. Ryan's feeling a lot better, probably not 100% yet, but we're glad to have him back. Ryan, how you feeling? No, a lot better uh, than a week ago. Yeah, I got hit with COVID, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really put me out. And it really does a number on you. I'll tell you that. Hard but, to avoid. Uh, hard to avoid now. Yeah, but I'm slowly but surely uh, getting back to normal. And um, yeah, it's been a bit, a little bit with recording and putting out some letterbox reviews. But I did. I put a, a, a new one out just recently so um everyone had to check it out but i'm glad to be back though uh in the booth you know cutting a new episode and i think we got a pretty good topic today no yeah need. yeah no for sure so here we are moving along through the summer months we're getting towards the end here but before we jump yeah. to the episode was there anything were you too sick to watch anything did you get a chance to catch up on some shows or some movies while you're down and out or were you just too sick i did I, so funny it what i kind of watched all this past week kind of ties in a little bit to our topic today the show that i'm talking about is uh it has the word night in it oh and that's what our topic's going to be centered around but um the show i'm talking about had a new release from kino lorber rod serling's night gallery oh yeah yeah they, yeah they put out a new season uh season two on blu-ray and i've been checking it out um it's a uh, it's one of them anthology horror series that um i don't know i've always um, I've always enjoyed anthology series from Tales from the Dark Side, Friday the 13th series, and obviously the Twilight Zone. But this this one, it was kind of short-lived, but Kino Lorber's put out pretty good releases of the individual seasons. And um, yeah, that's what I've been watching uh, while down and out. But um, yeah, it's, it's a... Um, it's a pretty good show. I, have you picked up any of the Blu-ray releases of Night No, Gallery? I haven't. I know you had mentioned before because I think season one had been out for a little while now on Blu-ray, and they just recently released season two. But man, it's kind of pricey still. Really? Uh, is. What is it yeah. like seventy um, bucks nearly for season two on Blu-ray? Yeah. The so it's a show that yeah for years I I remember a long time ago I bought a bootleg of it um, and I just had it for a few years and then. Uh, I think it might have been whatever studio. I think it was Universal because it was a Universal. Um, so it was Night Galleries produced. It was on um, network television, NBC. So Universal um, uh, is the owner distributor. But they years ago they put out like a DVD box set um, that wasn't too bad. Um, but the transfers, the quality of the of the of the episodes, it just weren't that great. So I was really really glad to see Kino Lorber. I think basically, yeah, pick up the distribution rights and put out these awesome Blu-ray sets on it. Um, the picture is just immaculate, uh, and um, it has like, a lot of great bonus content. Um, and it's a uh, so um, have you have you uh, have ever seen any of the episodes watched, of Night Gallery? I've watched a little bit of it. It's been a while since I've seen it, though. Yeah, it's kind of more on the horror side because you know with Twilight Zone, it dealt yeah. with fantasy and um science fiction and then night gallery was more lean more on thriller and horror um but i really think it, it it's just as good as the twilight zone i in anything that rod sterling did i i just felt like it just um was just gold i mean yeah. it, from things that he wrote um short stories to obviously appearing in these two shows um he was just a great uh, definitely a great host too but it was just one of them because it, it came out, it aired in the early 70s, Night Gallery did, so, um, you know, it, it's got some age on it, but um, it just, it I don't know, it's, it really holds up. Um, yeah, and it's got, now. what, is there three seasons? Yeah, okay. um, it ended up having three seasons, about tw 22 episodes a season, so uh, overall it came in at, yeah, close to 70 episodes. What was interesting about each of the episodes was um, sometimes some of the episodes would have multiple like short stories so an episode would be your typical hour broadcast or 50 minutes but it would be cut up into about like three separate segments so uh, so it was almost like a story within a story so that's what made that show very unique and um it really 
played kind of um, played at a faster pace, you know, uh, yeah. compared to other anthology series. But but that's what I've liked. All, I've always liked about anthology series is you come in every single week and it's a new cast, new characters, new stories, something different. But um, it definitely, yeah, it's, I definitely recommend it. Um, so how far uh, are you? Are you through season two now? I've gotten oh about halfway through. I've been okay. watching the actual episodes and then listening to um, oh, all the commentary. audio. Yeah, there's commentaries on uh, about every single episode, so that's what's kind of nice too about these uh, Blu-ray cool. releases. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely um, recommend uh, people pick definitely pick these up from Kino. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I know they do what a if, lot of they do a lot of great work over at Kino Lorber. I I know they're they releasing a lot of things, um, a lot of 4Ks even with a lot of recent releases that they've done. And the things that I've got from them have been just re- really top notch. And I think they're doing a great job. What? Uh, yeah, speaking of what we've been consuming lately, what what's been on your TV lately? What have you been checking out? So I picked up. Let's see, what have I? I've picked up a few things, and that kind of leads us to needing to do an update video, I think, it's yeah. or an update uh, episode. It's been a while since we've talked about what we picked up. I'd, yeah, I'd have, yeah. I picked up a few things um, this week. I've gotten a lot of like used titles that I uh, picked up at Disc Replay, down at um, Evansville, Super Mega Replay. So I've got a few um, used things that I've been working through. I, I did uh, pick up Yellowstone on Blu-ray, which I didn't know if I'd like, but I've heard a lot of hype about it. I got a, I got a, a used copy of all four seasons, and it's actually pretty good. I, I would recommend it as a, a good little TV show. Yeah, what's that? Put out was that uh, Netflix or was that it Amazon? Was Paramount. Paramount. Okay. Paramount put it out. Um, yeah. So it's got. I think they're working on the fifth season now, um, or it's getting close to to dropping. But they had this four season pack on Blu-ray at a pretty good price. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot and check it out. So I've been watching. Yeah. I've been watching it. I I got some uh, Vinegar Syndrome titles uh, at a at a really good price um some vsa titles from evansville so i've been uh, catching up on some of those those are really really cheesy uh some of those things as you know uh super b uh titles actually like c or d titles for some of them i would say but yeah i've been checking out some of that um not a not a whole lot but i've, I've got a stack of things i need to get through so yeah kind of getting in the Halloween feel too. We've got we've watched Halloween Town. I've watched some. My kids and and wife have watched. I think all of them so far. We watched some Hocus Pocus. They want to watch some Harry Potter later on tonight. So I don't know. Just a lot of random stuff. Yeah. Have you speaking of Halloween and getting into the season? Have you seen the? I watched it the other day and it looks so good. I watched the trailer to it because it has one of my favorite actors in it. Um, have you heard or? seen the trailer for this new halloween movie that's going to be coming out this fall and it's going to be based on the halloween spirit stores that oh yeah yeah it. yeah i've seen that yes yeah it's supposed wow. to drop on yeah. i don't know if it's going to stream or if you like got to buy the digital copy of it i don't know if it'll be released on yeah. blu-ray or anything but yeah i've seen that it does look pretty good it's real it really not really reminds me of goosebumps kind of gives me that goosebumps a little bit of a little bit of like, are you afraid of the dark? Right? It gives this real like, because it, it the cast is all these young kids and like yeah. they plot and like they go and spend the night in this over you know throughout the night they stay in this Halloween spirit store. Yeah, and, and the, just, the funny thing is like if you go to the spirit Halloween stores now, it's like they're all they're all about like the animatronics. So they've got them all set up, and it's like you walk in there and it's like, man, that is exactly what these stores look like. It's got all the same animatronics that come to life. So yeah, Caden's wanting to see that one when it drops. I think it, I think it comes out early October if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah. And the highly anticipated sequel to Hocus Pocus, which I can't wait for. Yeah. That will be, that will be good for sure. That's kind of why we watched the original the other night. Um, actually watched Beetlejuice too. So we've watched a few, several, several different ones. Watched um, Beetlejuice on 4K and it looks really nice. 
Uh, so that, yeah. I would recommend that one. Actually, some other things I've been, which are bonus episodes, um, our good friends over at uh, Mill Creek sending us different titles to take a look at and plug on uh, the show here. And I've been doing some of those. Watched uh, the latest one was the Paranormal Highway, a five-part investigative series. So if you haven't checked out that short bonus episode, it gives you all the details of that. So trying to keep up with the titles that are coming in for a review too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Some things that like talking about Halloween and fall coming up and whatnot. But yeah, I'm waiting on something. I'm sure you've pre-ordered too, but I pre-ordered the uh, Rob Zombie's uh, Monsters movie that'll be coming out next month. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I got it. I ordered uh, the Coneheads, just came out on Blu-ray. You can get it on Amazon at a really good price, like $12.99 if I'm not mistaken. So you had to hop over there and check that out. It's got the late, great Chris Farley, which we highlighted on a recent episode as well. Yeah, but speaking of, uh, yeah, some of these releases, did you see, uh, and I think it was Paramount as well, they're starting to bring out a lot of classic shows, releasing them on these big Blu-ray sets, but um, it it looks like, I think maybe it's next month, is uh, they're going to be releasing Hogan's Heroes. You remember that classic show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it was on a big... Yeah, it was on DVD previously, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's getting a real big... um, yeah blu-ray released yeah which falls in line with like you know like like a show we recently got from mill creek is magnum pi so yeah. i'm glad to see all these classic shows getting these higher quality releases and kind of keep some you know more people can uh if they never heard of them are able to check them out and because they're yeah just really great tv shows that for some reason this doesn't seem like they seem to lie today until they are like re-released yeah so i'm glad to see that a couple others that are pre-ordered that i've got pre-ordered but are coming out at different times between the months of september and october uh scream 2 comes out on 4k uh you already mentioned the monsters that comes out the end of september real genius is a 4k with val kilmer that is being released i know the blu-ray of that sells for a pretty high price and then they announced that that was coming out on 4k in september friday the 13th gets a 4k release in september as well and one of your favorites fright night comes out on 4k in october but we also uh big releases um that uh zavi is is putting together like a pretty nice steelbook uh box set both in 4k the Lost Boys are coming to 4K and Poltergeist. So there's some big titles that are coming out. And I know looking even further out, like around November, December, Christmas time, all the Christmas classics are getting 4K releases from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to Santa Claus, Frosty, even Elf, Christmas Story, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So, like, all of those classics are going to be coming out in the months. I think they're all dropping in November on 4K releases. That's, I mean, it's just amazing how much stuff is coming out on physical media. This year has just been a crazy year for releases. It's almost, you can't keep up with it with all of the stuff no. that's coming out. It's like, we started our, um, I mean, this whole show, Electric Entertainment, we started it because we love collecting physical media, watching movies, and being able to watch them whenever. And it was like, at the start of season one, when we started this, it was like conversations we were having were around like, well, um, we got to keep physical media alive. Uh, streaming is kind of taken over, but it's like looking at this year and uh, the season two that we're in and how much is released on a, on a monthly basis, it's just hard to keep up with. I mean, even Scream Factory, they just announced uh, Halloween. We had one through five last year. We're getting uh, six H2O and Resurrection in a box set on 4K this year. And it's just like so many good titles that are coming to these new 4k scans it's like there's there's no way physical media is dying out if i think it's like it's in this great resurgency of coming back to be honest with you yeah one that that definitely tells me too that yeah physical media is thriving is um i just want to ask you if you had picked up or i I don't know if it's still a pre-order or if it's available now but uh columbia is putting out that huge volume 
I have I haven't yet, but I will because as you know, I was on the hunt for the first one that came out. Yeah. Luck was lucky enough to get a a good price on it from a guy that had a few that he got in and and sold that were new copies. I had had gotten the second box set um, that is still available on Amazon. I think they just mass produced it. Hopefully, this third one that they have will be mass produced as well, and it's already dropped in price pretty significantly on the pre-order yeah. price. I just haven't had a chance to order it yet, but that will be one that I'm ordering because I think Columbia Pictures is just doing a phenomenal job of releasing those good classic films on 4K and these these really nice box sets. So definitely don't want to miss out on that one either. A few other things I was looking on Scream, well, Shout Factory's website on Scream releases that are coming up. Another one that was very sought after and was going for a very high price with the Blu-ray is The Return of the Living Dead. And it's coming out on 4K in October. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures coming out on 4K in October. They've got Army of Darkness coming out in 4K in October. They've got Evil Dead the remake coming out in September in 4K. They've got The Fog coming out in 4K. They've got The Fun House coming out in 4K. Both of those in September. Uh, Cat People, Dog Soldiers. I just got in uh, Chucky, Child's Play 1, 2, and 3 that they just released on 4K. It's like, it's never ending with these re-releases of films. It's like, it's impossible to keep up to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Because, as you know, uh, um, collectors like us, we, you, we start out with DVD copies, and, and then it goes to Blu-ray, and then yeah. in your case, it goes to 4K, and then it goes to Anniversary Edition. Yeah, I, yeah. I bet you could count on your hand how many versions Halloween of the, the is anniversaries of Halloween or Back Future. Oh, yeah. It just it adds up. but the reason we get those not just for the films but all of the additional stuff that goes into like the making of and discussions with the directors and producers and like you were saying with uh, the show you're watching and the commentary tracks that come with it you learn so much about the filmmaking of each of these films with the physical release that you just don't get with a streamed copy that you just watch for the film oh, yeah, that may be a maybe an edited or a cut up film that has been just re-released and you don't get any of that additional special feature stuff that comes with the uh, physical releases of these films yeah yeah because like yeah perfect example yeah with this show night gallery i mean these audio commentaries are with just the run-of-the-mill people these are very highly intelligent uh, you're talking about film historians you're talking about film and tv critics yeah. are lending the voice in these audio commentaries the two guys that really i think pushed kino lorber to release these are these two guys that wrote this huge book all about rod serling with his show twilight zone and night gallery and the book's called after hours but yeah that you just get a lot of awesome great insight into not just the behind the scenes but the history of a lot of these actors that are in these episodes that that you you would wouldn't be able to get anywhere else so yeah, yeah I, it, it's something that's um, really nice to have. And the uh, yeah, and so I know you don't okay. like the I don't know you don't like the release that Vinegar Syndrome's working on for their October release in 4K. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 coming out in 4K yeah. from Vinegar Syndrome. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, and speaking of them, they're um, I don't know if you you so I'm sure you do. You get their newsletter, right? Yeah, it's I about do. Yep, yep. I remember their last newsletter. They said they were revamping their platform, making it easier to I, I think for maybe subscribers to order. But they had mentioned a title, and it might be that Texas Chainsaw when they were talking about it, they were having a big. They were going to have a huge 4K release coming out in October. So is that one? Yeah, that's it, that's the uh, one that's coming out. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be huge for them. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because. They're in that boat where, you know, they you got to spend money to make money. So I'm sure they've they really paid a pretty penny to be able to distribute uh, that. But I'm sure that they'll, they'll have quite a bit of, of the extra content on yeah. that release. Yeah. In um, speaking of um, you. I forgot to mention something else that I've recently watched, and it's a company that I've only got a couple titles for three titles, I think, from them. It's it's an overseas company, UK company, Second Sight Films, and they have released some really amazing titles that have come loaded. I mean, just the physical collection that you get with it, like 
with a book and um, like all the additional information in that, but also uh, like the postcards and posters and all that stuff that comes with it, but also just the disc themselves and all the special features that are packed in those. I've got I, the first release I got from them was a pretty big box set that they recently released uh, called Drive. And the scan, the sound, the visuals are just amazing in this. It's been about a month since I had watched it. Uh, but then I ended up picking up the Dawn of the Dead uh, 4K release that they put out that's just jam-packed with like the people that you see at like, these uh, horror conventions that are talking on stage about the filmmaking and whatnot. They're on these talking about the film and, and what they had to do. And a lot of these are like really low-budget films, like in the case of that one. So it's just amazing to to get to hear those people talk 30, 40 years separated from those films and just learn about the experience that they had and, and just to listen to them reflect on that time of making that film. And the most recent one that I got uh, that I just watched about a week ago, it it was just recently released in a, a nice box set with, with a bunch of extra features, and it's The Witch. Have you ever seen that re- film? Uh, yes. Now, because there's there might be one or two uh is this like the the maybe like the newer there there was like a 2014 release called which yeah this is uh gosh where is he oh robert eggers yeah Yeah, so so robert eggers and he's done uh his other titles tell you what else the lighthouse do you have you watched the lighthouse with uh uh, yeah so he did he did the witch in 2015 he did The Lighthouse okay. in 2019, and then he just did The Northman in 2022. Okay, yeah, and I've heard of The Northman, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. Second Sight released this uh, collection of, of the movie The Witch, and it is just, it's they're doing such great work, so it's pretty neat to see all the different releases that are out there. And like I say, all the extras and bonus content that you get with these releases that you just don't get anywhere else. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like we both definitely have been watching some good stuff. and Lots and of, good stuff of good stuff on the way, Sorry. too. Hey, and one I forgot to mention, we just both bought Wayne's World on the Steelbook Blu-ray oh. and just got announced they're getting a 4K release of Wayne's World, too. So, <laughs> uh, they're, just, they're just too uh, much. Yeah. Like you said, never-ending. Yeah, uh, so uh, here we are. We're, we're coming gosh towards the tail end of the summer block party can you believe it's already coming to the end of this we've we got just a couple things left for the summer block party and then we're looking at moving right into fall and into the spooky yeah. months right so man i i it got me thinking and and i know you had mentioned it early on too uh with night galleries you know it's here we are it's a summer night it's like 90 degrees where we're at about the nights are kind of in those dog days of summer where it's like man it's hot in the day and it's and it's hot and muggy at night here in indiana too so it's like man there is i i I love the summer months and i I like when we get towards the end of summer too and it's just like the like you can have a a campfire it's still kind of hot but it, it always reminds me of like some good old campy horror films and like we've talked about like night gallery um there's so many like old 80s even earlier so like back into even the 60s really into the 70s and then like all kinds of them in the 80s but just some some old campy horror films that kind of gives you that late night summer feel and um that was something we wanted to talk about during the summer block party and i I don't think there's really a better time to talk about it right now because we're kind of getting towards the end of it it's still summer it's it's um it's just i think a good time to talk some some good old campy horror films and what better selection to kind of pull from than those that have the have the word night in them so the first one that i think uh kind of got a lot of it started and you know good old uh george romero i mean talk about a, a genius in filmmaking for this type of this type of art because this wasn't this didn't exist until a a little very low budget independent film that he had put together him and a team basically on a shoestring budget uh put together a film 
that has lived on to be just such a cult classic and one that I think has led to all of the zombie movies that we know of today, right? The film I'm talking about is Night of the Living Dead. Well, you used to really be scared here. Johnny. You're still afraid. Stop it now, I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it. You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Johnny. And I wanted to mention this one first because just like we've talked about, a ton of releases are coming out this year. Criterion's doing a tremendous job at releasing a lot of good content as well. The copy of Night of the Living Dead that I have is actually a Criterion Blu-ray release, but come October 4th, up for pre-order right now, you can get Night of the Living Dead in 4K Ultra HD releasing October 4th. You can pre-order it right now on Criterion's website for $39.96. My gosh, talk about a classic, campy, cult-following horror film that created the zombie movement that we've known that has run through years after years of horror movies that this film got started and, and was released in 1968. I mean, what are your thoughts on Night of the Living Dead, Ryan? Yeah, like this, um, I, I, I love this, the idea that uh, we were gonna do with these night films and with Summer Nights, makes me think back when I was um, really young and I remember, especially during the summer, um, you probably remember this too, but the Sci-Fi Channel uh, years ago, like maybe late 90s, early 2000s, and I remember this vividly, like especially during the summer months, like at night, um, they would always have this nonstop like marathons of horror films. Yeah. And some of the ones that um, uh, that they would just have on replay were some of these, yeah, campy horror films with the word night in it. And that's how I kind of first discovered Night of the Living Dead was um, uh, one of those, I was probably, yeah, eight, nine years old and on a marathon on the sci-fi channel not a living dead popped up and i mean yeah it's just one of those to me it's it's a pillar in the in the horror genre you know it's up there with psycho exorcist and halloween yeah. and like you said it was it was a film that birthed like an entire subgenre. without george romero we wouldn't have all of these zombie films that just continued decade after decade i mean we got hit with the Dawn of the Dead series in the eighties and then Return of the Living Dead also in the eighties. Yeah. And then and then we got more zombie films uh to follow. And even um, T V shows, Walking Dead. I mean, think of yeah. all of the impact yeah. that this little little low budget yeah. indie film had had created. It's just amazing what what can come from something like that. And and it's really amazing just to see the impact on the genre that this film had. And it's so, like, I, I know I've seen it many times. I've watched it so many times because, yeah, I have a Blu-ray Blu release from Criterion, um, and I've seen it countless times growing up on TV. But one thing that has always stuck with me and what I love about it is that he did actually shoot it in black and white. Yeah. And that's just, and it's it's so, so visually, it's just so different to any other, because I mean, if, and we have seen, we've seen the, like, sequels to Night of the Living Dead where they're in color, mm -hmm. and they're just completely different films. Yeah. And I think if he would have went with, like, like, it's my opinion, but, like, if, if Romero did actually shoot that in color, 
when it came out in 1968, Night of the Living Dead. I don't, I, I, I don't think it. I think it would be remembered a lot differently. I, I don't think it would have had the impact that it did being black and white because they're like when you see some of those scenes, it's just that. And especially with Criterion, when when it, and I'd love to see the 4K when it comes out, but the colors in that black and white, that's the saturate. It's just yeah. Well, that's what that's what uh, the 4K, like Dolby Vision, all of that. What that does, it just makes it that much deeper. Like it brings that in. Like what's black is is black, yeah, and all these different up. layers of whites and grays. And it's yeah, just when you see it in 4K, it is pretty stunning. Yeah, I think it'll be definitely a film that it's always been uh, in influential on so many of today's filmmakers, and I think it will continue. Yeah. To be, um, it'll be one of those pieces of filmmaking that um, a lot of directors, especially in the future, will um, look at as a kind of a stepping stone into um, uh, whatever film that they're going to create. Because you can, you know, especially in that subgenre of zombie filmmaking, but just uh, overall, it's it's without a doubt, yeah, one of one of the greatest. Uh, horror films in the in in you know the horror canon but it's it's definitely left its mark and i don't know it's just it was really i think kind of a once in a generation kind of film that you just don't see i, I really think romero really i because i really think he put up a lot of his own money obviously because he was just trying to make a name for himself and trying to break into the business so he took like i think a huge risk and a and yeah, i think it really paid off because he it really put him at the forefront and especially like you had mentioned with just these countless kind of reincarnations of zombie films zombie tv shows but it all goes back to that yeah 1968 original and it's just yeah it's just so stunning it um being it being a black and white film that so many people just celebrate it and because there's not you know there's not when we think about films and movies tv shows whatever um we we want to see everything in color we want to see the brightest colors possible we want to see um the beauty in the imagery and but i mean i just think there's so much beauty in the black and white in in that film so yeah it's a film i always go back to definitely yeah and you had mentioned like the summer months especially being a kid and thinking back to it, it kind of got me thinking back to the times of like if you had had friends come over or something spend the night <laughs> going to the vhs store renting renting some scary movies and and taking them back and, and like trying to stay up as late as you can watching the the movies there oh, yeah yeah that's how some of these were i mean i i was looking back at some of the vhs artwork on some of these releases like with uh night of the living dead and it's just it it was such a good i guess that's why we kind of you think of the summer months uh with campy horror i mean because we're going to move into the fall and it's going to be a lot about horror but there's just something about the summer months and the late nights of watch it popping in a, a a scary movie and just seeing how late you can stay up with it and be it on tv or uh, like on one of those marathons that you were talking about, or having a yeah. rental that you just picked up at at, at the uh, movie rental store there in, in your town uh, and taking back and trying to just just watch as much horror as you could. So yeah, it's just there's just something about the summer months in these night movies that it, I just you can't kind of recreate that without like just trying to recreate it as best you can with some of these releases that that these companies are putting out and taking time in the summer months to to just really watch some of these films so that was mine ryan what do you think of uh what's what's a night movie on your list that you think of yeah so i'm gonna jump out two decades later and go into probably the biggest decade for this genre and i'm talking about the 80s okay one that is actually probably uh, even though i had a, so much praise for night of the living dead this one is one that even though um it isn't really uh revered or remembered as much as night of the living dead but this one kind of 
kind of holds a special place in my heart just because of the actor that's in it and the film i'm talking about came out in 1986 so right in the middle of the 80s the film i'm talking about is uh night of the creeps i'm sorry i didn't know that it was here hold this you feel better Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. This one it has such a huge cult following, um, and it stars probably one of the biggest horror actors of all time in Tom Atkins. But um, this was it played on a little bit of uh, that zombie subgenre. Uh, it was real. I mean, it was super. It was. Of the three, or out of out of some of these films we're talking about, it's probably one of the most campiest of horror films that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, um, I'd agree. But it, it's yeah, it it. What I loved about it was because the director, he was like a new director. This was his first film, and he was kind of, um, you know, he was influenced by the titans of filmmaking from Hitchcock, Romero, you know, Spielberg, uh, Kubrick, you name it. But what was great about this film was like um, he kind of opened it and started it out it actually starts out in black and white um, yeah which is kind of like back in the 50s right yeah yeah like the story takes place the, the the setup for the film and the plot is takes place in the 50s and um yeah and it's about like this basically these aliens from another world another planet or another universe that they basically fly over they fly over this part of the country and, and the story like basically takes place at this college and these like they this couple's like at this like makeout pier it's like lovers lane you know and they see this huge shooting star that flies over you know and it's real yeah. um, r- what i love about the dialogue in this is rig it's straight up like 50s dialogue right it's mm-hmm. real campy you know the the girl when she's talking to her boyfriend you know it, it just it it feels like it's out of like a 50s sitcom or something but they go and investigate that shooting star and you know it leads to her boyfriend going to the woods and he finds this thing and it's like a big nasty like slug and the slug like <laughs> jumps up and goes into his mouth so the whole story is like these slugs are like alien they're like little alien creature things that like in in like they plant like eggs in your brain and basically they turn they zombify you they turn you into zombies yeah and you walk around till the eggs hatch and more than slugs come out of your body but what i loved about it was the very yeah campiness of it um there's a lot of special effects in it a lot of great very memorable one-liners um that you know a lot of people uh remember from this film um probably the most famous one is um uh because they're on a college campus so uh all the girls are in their their uh, sorority getting ready later in the night there's like this big dance and their dates are supposed to show up pick them up you know well along the way those those their dates from this fraternity they're in a bus that crashes and they obviously all get them slugs you know <laughs> put into their brain and they all basically turn into zombies but yeah What's great about, yeah, the Tom Atkins character, he's like this detective that he, he kind of plays in on the, the beginning of the story because he's like the detective that um, basically starts off the plot where in the very beginning where they're, they're in the 50s and there's like this axe murder going around. Tom Atkins' character, you know, kills him. And it basically part of that, part of his history kind of comes back to him all these years later and haunts him you know so he's like dealing with like like in this in the back of his mind like when he starts to hear what's going on around the campus of what these um basically people turn into zombies like he starts to um it brings up a lot of his history and whatever but but yeah he delivers one of those one of the best lines in the whole film that you know the 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 guys show up and he tells all the girls in the for the sorority he's like you know well, we got good news and bad news. The good news is your dates are here. And then one of the girls is like, well, what's the bad news? He's like, they're dead. Yeah. So, you know, they show up and they're zombies. And, but there's, like, a lot of, um, they're, you know, obviously really cheesy. But I don't know. I, I really like the effects in, um, do you remember some of the effects in that movie? Yeah, I I haven't watched it for a little, 
it's been a bit since I watched it, but yeah, it was a good one. Um, I actually got a release of it from Scream Factory and talking about like special features and stuff it's loaded down with a lot of different featurettes and about the making and and all that too but yeah it was a lot of they had a lot of good special effects in it yeah and it really was kind of you know even though it it had a low kind of a low budget and it was intended to be kind of like an homage to like the b movie you know era because you know it did have all it had all these kind of over-the-top special effects of like all these zombies because Towards the end of the film, uh, you know, our hero and his girlfriend, when they're like, they finally figure out that fire kills these slugs. And a lot of the special effects are of them like shooting the zombies in the head and then like setting the head on fire. So the head blows up and all these slugs, you know, fly out. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of, I think, decent special effects in it, but it really does. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like campiest at like the 10th degree, you know, it's, it's, it's way up there and it's, um, uh, delivery, but I, you know, it, yeah, for me, it, like I said, I've went back to it and I've watched it time and time again and it holds up. Yeah. It's especially for it being a throwback to those B movies. Um, it's not trying to be bad, but it's, that's its intention. It's kind of honoring those (laughs) very bad films, but you know, I, it definitely deserves a place on anyone's shelves of, uh, you know, fan, fans of the horror genre, definitely. Yeah. So we've got maybe 10 minutes, uh, and we'll just kind of breeze through a couple more that are on the list. I've got one that I don't know if you've seen or not. It's kind of, it. it's it's horror, but it's also kind of, uh, I'd say science fiction, but it, Variety said that it's Night of the Living Dead meets Valley Girl uh, in an entertaining and tongue-in-cheek science fiction film. The movie I'm talking about, and it's got, it's kind of got the zombie kind of subgenre going on with it. And it comes in uh, same decade, 1980s, 1984 to be exact, on its release. And I, I just kind of, it's a fun watch. It's really cheesy, kind of, kind of campy feel but it's definitely got a cult following it was a small budget film i think it was uh, seven hundred thousand dollars was the budget ended up grossing like 14.4 million in the u.s so it's pretty successful oh, wow. yeah and, and rated kind of high on rotten tomatoes um up in like the 70 percent so the movie i'm talking about is night of the comet effects will be in Newfoundland or Newfoundland. This is expected to begin at, at 204. <laughs> What's that? Look! Have you seen Night of the Comet? Oh, yeah, I do. I have a uh, Scream Factory release. Yeah, yeah, so this one, yeah, yeah, so it's like, so these two Valley Girls are like the only ones yeah. kind of left. One of them uh, is an actress in Chopping Mall, which I recently watched earlier in the summer, which is another good kind of campy, kind just kind of fun, cheesy, not really horror, I wouldn't say, but it was a good one too, but very similar with this movie too, but it's like everybody's kind of celebrating like the this comet that's going by the earth and it hasn't done this in like 65 million years and it starts turning all these uh, people into zombies and all they cared about early on was like going shopping in the mall and then uh, eventually the story kind of takes this this turn and then they're the only ones kind of fighting back and you know it's just I think it's I think it's a good one I I, I think it's fitting for this list um, it's definitely a good kind of summer campy kind of feel uh, but it definitely fits up with having night in the title so night of the comic it is my next one so what do you got yeah it, it it was definitely one of those that i really feel like shout factory has done a great job with kind of resurrecting actually because before shout put it out i'd never i'd never seen it i've never even heard of that film yeah. and and it also ties into the one this next one i'm going to bring up and because this next one is an also another one uh shout factory is 
resurrected and put out uh, just like Night of the Comet. So this one also comes to us from that same decade, and that's kind of a reoccurring theme because a lot of these great campy horror films, you know, a lot of them did come out in the 80s. And, and like, we, you know, we've had, like, campy horror films come out in subsequent years. We've had some come out in the 90s and the 2000s, but I really feel like the vast majority of, like, these great campy horror films was from the 80s i mean it because it, i mean really i mean that speaks volumes i think for for that decade alone but uh so this next one with the night theme to it was uh, it came out in the late 80s kind of the tail end 1988 and this one was definitely very campy but very gory too very gory the film uh, that i'm talking about is called night of the demons oh yeah Hey, Ants, what the f*** are you doing over there? Blessed be the sinners, for the Day of Atonement is at hand. Say what? Yeah, Night of the Demons, and uh, it actually kind of spawned a franchise. It had a couple sequels that followed, but what it really was was your typical 80s horror plot, right? You had a group of high school kids, um, young kids. They're uh, basically having a party, Uh, but in this this story, they basically throw this party in like a – it's like an abandoned like – funeral home or like a funeral what i used to call them like a parlor like a yeah funeral parlor yeah so throw this big party like on halloween night and (laughs) um and i mean of course what you know i mean what no nothing can go wrong right we're wrong (laughs) so they throw this like big seance so because some of these kids in this group some of the girls are like like all into satan and worshiping satan and stuff so they they throw this big seance which coincidentally uh, basically unleashes this demon that basically starts well these demons start to possess possess all the kids at this party so all the kids uh, basically all of them become possessed yeah by by these demons and it's a very uh, I think it's probably one of the goriest films I think I've ever seen would you agree <laughs> it's pretty gory yeah I would say it's yeah. definitely pretty gory yeah and, and it's and the it's, uh, yeah and yeah. the sequel have you watched the sequels so uh, Night of the no, Demons 2 I, and Night of the Demons 3 all of them with Angela as um, kind of the you, main actors I, I have, have a, well, so I have, um, let's see, Night of the Demons 2. I've got the first one, like you mentioned, Scream Factory released that yeah. one. Um, they had put this out, I forget what year, 20, 2014. So it was a pretty early release for them. So it's been out there for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see, 1994 is when Night of the Demons 2 came out. I've got a release of it from Olive Films. I don't even know where I got it, but it got released in 2013 by Olive Films. And Night of the Demons 3 has never been out on anything. So I've got like this bootleg of it from. Yeah. I picked up somewhere. Yeah. I've seen copies of the third one like floating around on Amazon. And it's, yeah, it's kind of pricey. It's a little bit expensive. Yeah. But, but yeah, they. They're uh, there again. Uh, uh, they had, I mean, such over the top, uh, you know, special effects in, in in this one. And like I said, I mean, uh, and you know, and I think it was. I I might, I might be wrong, but I think originally they they had an X rating on it, and then it, yeah, went, and it yeah, yeah. It's, it's an so the Scream Factory ones and the unrated version, which I think yeah, I mean, back in those times it. Depending on how much gore was in it, uh, yeah, they would stamp them with an X rating. And then they'd cut it down to get the R rating on it. And then what we see with a lot of these releases, like what Scream's done, has put all of those that would have been cut to get the rating down back in the film. So you're actually seeing what was either like the X rated one at the time because of the gore, but now is identified as an unrated cut. Yeah, I'll never forget. I don't know. It's probably because I remember which is kind of crazy when, when i mentioned earlier too about you know years ago 
seen a lot of these horror marathons uh, on the sci-fi network um, a long time ago this was a film that actually uh, was in like i remember seeing it you know because i because it was from one of this this scene because it was just cut up and butchered because it was you know it was it had to meet the, the network the television standards but um what i remember the sci-fi because well, it surprised me the sci-fi ran this in a marathon because there's just so much um because there's a lot of nudity in it too there's nudity there's um there's uh so the scene i'm talking about that got kind of really butchered by the network ver or the tv version of it was there's a scene where two of the characters they're um i think her might have been her name was fran or franny or something but she's basically with her boyfriend and they're you know making love having sex in a coffin but when they're, when they're having sex like that's when she becomes possessed by this you know demon and like the scene um and i because i remember sci-fi cutting it but you know, because i because like i said i got the blu-ray version but the blu-ray version shows it in all of its glory but she like gouges the crap out of his eyes you know the scene i'm talking about <laughs> yeah yeah she like uh. gouges the crap and there's i mean it's like it's like they're spraying hoses of blood yeah you know, there's so yeah. much blood in this, in this film but it really yeah it surprised me when i think back and remember i'm like yeah, this was a film that was in a lot of those marathons on sci-fi, which, which yeah, they, you know, the networks had to, you know, edit the crap out of, and, you know, make it, you know, feasible to watch on television. But, yeah, but, but yeah, there was just a lot of, uh, especially this one too. I mean, it, yeah, it had so much campy to it, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk about an ultra low budget film and talk about campy, gory, low-budget, 1980s, 1983 is when this one was released. I don't know if you've seen this one, Ryan, but it's one that Severn Films has put out, and I think it's a pretty recent release. It's a Blu-ray, but this one is pretty gr gruesome, too, and uh -huh. it's got all of that all the way to um, a guy getting his you-know-what ripped off. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave that there, but I'm talking about Night of the Demon. Those horror stories you heard about in the forest, they're true. They're all true. Officials found a camera with this film in it, but no trace of the people. We believe that there is a creature living in these mountains. And possibly a close relative to man. We're already in Bigfoot territory, where all those people were killed. Not far from here, a motorcyclist was found. There was no trace of the thing that killed him. The Bigfoot's not playing games anymore. Maybe next time he won't be happy just to scare us. The first real Bigfoot gore fest. So it's like this group of students, um, and they're anthropology students, that go deep into the woods to try to investigate Sasquatch attacks that have been reported. And they discover the gore fest up close and personable out in the woods. So this one is like $70,000, I think they made this, was the budget. Wow. But it's like an wow. ultra ultra B movie, and it's yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's very campy, very gory, but it's like sometimes it's like so bad it's good, you know. And that's what I feel about this one. It is you can tell it's low budget, but with what they had to work with, they did a pretty good job with it. And um, if you haven't seen it, I think you can get it pretty reasonable from Severin. And you might be able to stream it like on Tubi or something. So I know it's out there where you can get your hands on it and watch it. But it is definitely one of those night of movie that has that 
summer campy yeah. feel, especially when you're dealing with the woods and um, kind of the Bigfoot legend and kind of takes all that and puts it together in this movie. Yeah, it's one that actually, I, yeah, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. And it's actually been on my list to pick up for a while. Yeah. Because I remember we talked a little bit uh, in the past about it because it doesn't it have a sequel as well that Severn also put out? Um, I don't know if it's got a sequel. It was on, it was like a video nasty. So I know at some point we've got to do an episode just to talk about video nasty releases film, that the, yeah. Bri- yeah, the British uh, Board of Film Classification would, re- would identify these and they would be banned. This was definitely yeah. one that was on that list as, as well as a lot of others, but due to its graphic violence, this one definitely was one yeah. that was on that list of, uh, banned films as a video nasty. But I don't yeah. know about a. I don't know if there's a sequel to it. That's a good. I I have to look that up. Yeah, because I remember months ago when we had went to that horror convention and Severin had their table set up. I just I swore I had seen. That's Night where. Of the Demon that's where two. I picked this one up at. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They because they had their whole spread there, and for some reason I just I thought I'd seen that it had a sequel. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, because I has, don't think so, but I could be wrong. Okay. Because the because for some reason I thought they I remember seeing I don't know where it was I'd seen a documentary where the lead actress from this movie Night of the Demon where she talks in this documentary and um, I don't know why I remember this but for some reason yeah like she had mentioned that um, that she came back uh, in the follow up to it, the sequel yeah um, but I could I could be completely wrong but yeah um, but it's one that one that it is, you know, on my list of, like I said, I have a lot of titles that um, yeah, will be picking up soon, but I just, um, you know, there's just so much out there that, you know, you can only buy so much at, you know, once. So. Oh, man, yeah. So that's all I've got for Night Of films. Are there any more you have? I know we're over an hour here. Uh, do you have any, any left on your list that you wanted to mention? You know, I, I know there's probably one or two out there that I can't think of off the top of my head, but definitely, no, I, those are the three that I really wanted yeah. to bring up and yeah, touch right. on and highlight was, yeah, Night of the Demons, Night of the Creeps, Night of the Living Dead. They're, but I love, yeah, especially the one you brought up, Night of the Comet. That's, that's another one that's, it's classic. They, I know, and, and those are, uh, and, and you could put it, you can watch any of these, but all—I mean—they all have you know a little bit of the, a little bit of that campy element that yeah. that you just don't get in any other genre. You know, I think it's like a for me. I I kind of think it's kind of a lost kind of art form, don't you? Like you, with today, I know there's a lot of filmmakers out there that make still make low budget movies, but I don't know. They don't have that presence or that almost like essence that some of these that came out in the 80s did you know yeah it's just they definitely put for being low budget they put their heart into it put everything they they had into it and some of these i i think they live on and have this cult following because of the passion and and just how great the directors kind of had had and the actors i mean let's be honest scott even though they're cheesy, campy movies, I mean, it's got some decent acting in them, but definitely the directors that, that led each of these projects, I mean, they lived on because of the, the high quality, even though it was low budget, that they put into the films. And I think that's why they've gained that cult following. But it is hard to really kind of match that nowadays and, and i don't know maybe we'll look back on the films that are made now with similar low budget but but it was a different time i mean you didn't have the big the huge blockbusters that we see regularly come out uh, as as fast as we see them come out now so i mean we do live in a different time of filmmaking but i i do agree there was something there was something special about those films and I think that's why you see them live on and and see so much success and why so many people love them. Yeah, and I really think why they kind of stand out too is also that you know all all, all these ones that we just mentioned that you know they they were they all have that common component of they were all shot on film and I yeah. think they took their with it. I think a lot of lower budget films that are shot today i mean most films shot today are shot digitally it's 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 a rare thing now that when 
a filmmaker wants to shoot on film, it's either he just loves that like aesthetic of it or the the process of it. Yeah, but it costs because, so uh, much to do that now well, too, yeah, though, compared yeah. to being able to shoot it yeah. digitally. Yeah, but digitally, it's like when films are done. Yeah, digitally today, they're they're just done so at a, such a fast pace. Yeah, I don't. I I I think that's something that's lost the time and like the setting up shot i i really do think it is it uh back then it, it for filmmakers of that period or that era it was definitely an art form of oh absolutely um, whether whether it was a campy film or whether it was a major motion picture with a huge budget um yeah i think we just yeah live in a different era that people just have different different ideas different methods and different uh, i don't know um uh, but i do know that these films live on and they'll always exist so i'm so glad that they they're there for me to go back and visit you know Uh, well the nice thing is you have these boutique labels that are actually putting these out there for us to be able to see them in the highest quality even i mean we've never been able to see these films in such a high quality as we get to now so we we really live in special a special time to be able to see films from 30 40 50 years ago in a high ultra high definition with perfect sound and just beautiful picture and it's amazing that some of these films like we're talking about that were low budget look so perfectly shot because of the film 35 millimeter film that they were using that gets scanned in that looks just so crisp with just the right film grain to it it's just it's amazing. Nobody else in the past has been able to see it in such a a cleaned up way that we get to see it now. And I, I'm just glad we we do get a lot of the releases. I know it's hard to keep up with them all, but I mean, it's so great to be in a time where you can see these in a way that really have never been seen before. Oh, I know that that's probably that's what that's like my favorite thing about physical media. It's like, you know, especially in the summer and especially this past week for me, I know every night, you know, my my summer night has kind of been dragging being sick and stuff. So what's great, you know, so good to be able to pop in any of these camp horror films and just kind of get lost in the absurdity of (laughs) Uh, excessive yeah. violence and bloody gore you know um, yeah and that's just that's what's great yeah um because it, these films are just so beloved and especially i love them too so yeah to have these just amazing you know the highest quality possible scans of them with just awesome bonus content that just gives you so much extras behind the scenes and the making of document you know like you said it is such a awesome time because i mean it's you can't you can't keep up with it i mean it's about it's every week i kid you not i bet you every week there's either 10 to 15 new physical media releases coming out yeah you just can't keep up with it Um, (laughs) you kind of gotta yeah you kind of gotta pick out what you really want but that's a good problem to have uh because their options are endless really so yeah it's a good time to be able to be watching film and and definitely if you're able to uh be collecting some of these great films that they're putting out and if you haven't if you haven't done so um i mean this is what we talk about a lot so subscribe to our our channel and uh we talk about physical media all the time so if you're new to it definitely hit the subscribe and check out what we're doing over on our social media pages Uh, i know ryan's dropping a lot of reviews of different types of movies uh through the decades we like to cover so you'll want to check out the latest reviews over on letterbox but i think we've got another what another thing or two uh to to get knocked out before we wrap up this summer block party don't you think ryan and then we'll oh, come oh definitely we'll yeah, come back and uh we'll come back too and kind of give you a little bit of a a taste of what to experience over our fall block party and what that's going to look like that's so be looking out for that that's going to be coming soon but yeah i think we got a couple more things in store for him don't you think oh yeah definitely um and then maybe even possibly a um teaser that we might be dropping you know for our uh fall series coming 
that. So be on the yep. lookout for that as well. Yeah, so a lot of good things it happening. Might, it might, yeah, it might be in that camping vein. You know, you just got to be, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I know uh, as we move into the fall and get close to Halloween, wow, we've got a lot of good things in store. But we're not going to talk about any of that now. We're going to save that for later. So uh, yeah. we appreciate you guys all listening to us. And like I say, if you haven't checked us out over on social media, we're over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, like I said, Letterboxd, and gosh, everywhere really. So check us out over there and subscribe to our show because we're dropping a lot of good things that you don't want to miss. So until next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Peace out. Peace out.